Frosted flakes make you stupid. End of story. Janet, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That is inc- I have frosted flakes in the cabinet downstairs. And now I want them. <laughs> Do I say point proven? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> You've upset me this day. The day of your daughter's wedding? Hey there. Hey. And welcome to the Wonder Binge Podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Let's talk about some shit, you know? sure where we're going with this <laughs> would you describe a human as an animal like like if you if you were playing the game 20 questions and everyone knows that the first three questions of 20 questions are is it a person a place or a thing what if sure. someone was like is it an animal a place or a thing would you then describe if, if you were thinking of a person would you answer yes to animal i'd have to say versa would an animal be a thing oh uh... Person, place, or thing. Well, person implies not an animal. It implies a human. Uh, Thing, I guess, would be... Huh. Well, here's... If if, if I were thinking of, like, Tony the Tiger, (laughs) and you asked me, is it a person? I would want to say yes. But would that be wrong? I mean, I'm not sure because he's a mascot. Kind of? (laughs) In, In all appropriate terms, the answer is yes, kind of. If do you remember that the I don't know if it's still a thing, but like the genie, there's like a genie online. There's like a website that has a genie where it's basically like twenty questions that the genie asks you, and it can apparently guess anything. Do you think that if you were thinking of like I I don't know where I'm going with this, but basically I feel like Tony the Tiger <laughs> and um, Daryl the Lion from the Dare program. <laughs> I feel like they would get mixed up somewhere in there. I feel like they're brothers. Are they related? Well, it's a tiger and a lion. So unless they have some mixed ancestry. That's true. Safari? Hey, listen, listen. If you've ever watched Tiger King, you would know that tigers and lions get interbred. Yeah, a liger. But the thing is, where are they? Where are they? Safaris? (laughs) Oh, I know. I don't remember. No, lion is... Lion is... Lion safari? Lion tigers are jungle. Yeah, you're right. Because they're striped because leaves. (laughs) (laughs) Right? And the lions are 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 just tan because sand. But then zebras what what do what are zebras supposed to blend in with? I don't fucking know. It'll blend into shit. (laughs) Were cows spots originally intended to be a form of camouflage? And if so, what was their natural environment? Yeah, that's a great question. Although Wait, Although, do cheetahs blend in with the jungle? Jungle. You've got broad. some sunlight coming in through the trees that's like sunspots. So I guess their spots could look like sunspots if they're like in a tree. Although I don't think cheetahs go into trees. So I don't know what I'm talking about. I mean, panther? We know panthers go into trees. Panthers are Cheetahs in go into trees. Cheetahs absolutely go into trees. You, you think so? Me? Have you seen Tarzan? There's absolutely a shot of a cheetah in a tree. The cheetah, cheetah, cheetah killed his parents. They were in a tree house. Or was that a jaguar? <laughs> Fuck, it was a jaguar! Now I, I don't know anything. No, it was a cheetah, wasn't it? I thought, no, I think you're right. I think it was a jaguar. Hey Siri, what animal killed Tarzan's parents? A leopard. <laughs> We're both fucking wrong. But is it. <laughs> is a leopard and a cheetah the same thing? I don't think so. I don't think. You should. I wish you could see the look okay, on Matt's okay, face okay, right okay. now. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hang on. So. <laughs> so they're very they are very very similar okay the main difference is that is that um like cheetah le- what 
Hang on, hang on, hang on. Take a breath. Remember how to read. The cheetah, the cheetah has like the eyeliner that runs down to its mouth. They're both big cats. So cheetahs hunt in the day and leopards hunt at night. Ooh. Oh, and you know what? His parents were killed at night. Okay. So, 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 <laughs> so, so leopards have the, the rosette markings, which are like the like wiggly circle outline. Uh, but che- cheetahs are just like dots. So leopards have flower print and cheetahs yes. are polka dot. Yes, exactly. Got it. Okay. And that, that's been our, our big cat segment. <laughs> Thank you for coming. All right. Back to, to Daryl and Tony the tiger though. <laughs> yes. Are the, the, I think spe- species wise, I feel like it would be fine, but like they seem like they were like, like brothers. They both have or that least, like, or at least cousins that had like a weird rivalry at Thanksgiving. Oh, totally. Like, one was on the lacrosse team and one was on the, like, basketball team. I feel like they're cousins that, like, went to rival schools. and they Totally. Couldn't, they couldn't take that out of their identity at, like, Thanksgiving. So and they definitely of had... They were cousins. They, like, fought like, about their teams or whatever. Always. And they definitely had some Always. awesome banter. I don't think so. I just... What do you think? Know. You think they'd fight? You think they'd be like, meet I, me on the lawn in I ten minutes after I finish this turkey leg? Like, what? <laughs> No, I think, I think they were like, they like, I think they were like rivals, like ri- cousins, but rivals. Dude, the best rivalries have amazing banter. Tell me what you're telling me. <laughs> I guess we should actually start the episode and stop talking about um, laggers and tigers and, and leopards and cheetahs and, and oh my. panthers. And, oh my, there's oh my. so many cats. Big cats. We should just start the episode. <laughs> Hi, I'm Maria. Hi, I'm Jen. Welcome to uh, another remote recording of Wonder Binge. I think I said recording. Welcome to another remote recording of Wonder Binge. She's Maria. Uh, That's Jenna. And yeah, let's start. Um, (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) Let me pull up my notes. We're like extra awkward. Oh my god. Discord. (laughs) Seriously, I I, I don't know what to do with myself. I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> so I got a, a bit stuck on what to choose as my topic this week. Um, so I asked Matt because, you know, he's my go-to guy. He's over there. Hi, Matt. What a good guy. He said hi. Oh my God, stop. That was such a sweet little hello. <laughs> <laughs> my sweet boy. Anyway, he suggested that I talk about the female pilots of World War II. And he suggested okay. this because, oh, I guess it's time to feed Artie. Hey, dearest love of mine. Oh, he's already getting up. I love you. Yikes. Man, I hate to see him leave, but I love to watch him go. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, he suggested this because uh, he noticed that we tend to get pretty excited about female empowerment type stuff. So he thought we'd probably enjoy something like this. Of course, he's totally right. I love hearing about, you know, women perpetuating, like, we can do anything. That's always fun. But I also love hearing about people who work behind the scenes. And that's exactly what many of these pilots did. They worked behind the scenes for the war effort. And many of these women actually humbly referred to themselves as just small cogs in a much bigger war effort. And they were just, quote, doing their bit. So here we go. Appropriately recording on Veterans Day, November 11th. Here's uh, an abridged story of the badass female pilots of World War II. Hell yeah, boy. We ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah, ladies. (laughs) Wink. 
All right, history check. Maria, when was World War II? I'm sorry. I hate history checks. I don't know anything. It was. I don't know. <laughs> okay, it was 1939. It started in 1939 <laughs> and ended in 1945. Okay, so naturally, I'm going to start with the American female pilots because that's where we live. Gross, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how happy I am about it nowadays, but hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so we all know that gender roles were much more prevalent. Most people were not too keen on having women perform any sort of tasks that had to do with the military, aside from, like, being a nurse or doing paperwork. And hell, many women didn't even think it was appropriate for women to be in the military. But in 1942, the U.S. was facing a huge problem. They were running out of fighter pilots. They could pull some of the cargo and test pilot guys, but then who would transport all the supplies? Who would test all the new planes? Q. WASP. So WASP is an acronym. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants? <laughs> what? White Anglo-Saxon Protestants? Is WASP? that a thing? Or did you yeah. just make that up? No, that's a thing. Well, I don't... What are you talking about? I ain't talking about no <laughs> Protestants here. I mean, I'm sure some of them are Protestant. I didn't really get into that part. Okay. White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Yeah. I've never, I've never heard that. <laughs> anyway. What anyway. are these WASPs standing for? These WASPs uh, actually fly. It was an acronym for Women Air Force Service Pilots slash Women Army Service Pilots slash Women's Auxiliary Service Pilots. All around, it was just women as pilots. All, only the A changes. I don't know why they gave so much of a shit. Like, just <laughs> just pick one. So it was, it was Auxiliary, Air Force, and Army as the different A's. Yes. But they're all women service pilots. They were also sometimes referred to as the original Fly Girls. Wasp was created cute. in yeah, it is kind of cute. Fly girl, seventies name. It really is. They were they were ahead of the times because this was the forties. Wasp was created in nineteen forty three and was a combination of the already existing organizations WFTD, which was Women's Flying Training Detachment, and the WAFS, which was the Women's Auxiliary Auxiliary Ferrying Squadron. That was really hard to say for some reason. They just kind of slapped those two programs together. And created WASP. They were a civil service organization, meaning that all of its members were, and I believe paid, volunteers. They had no military standing and had to pay for their own lodging and their own food. Which I kind of think sucks, but I don't know how these things work. Maybe that made sense. But anyway, these women were trained pilots who would test the new and repaired aircraft, ferry planes and supplies to military bases, as well as train new pilots. Was it like, we'll form WASP? And then train women as pilots? Or did these women just already have their pilot's licenses? Many of the like, women... I know how to fly a plane. I'll join this thing. <laughs> like... Many of the women did already know how to fly. If they were part of the what? other two programs I just mentioned, or if they were like okay. from richer families that just happened to like own planes slash fly planes for fun. Those were a lot of the women that joined. Was this before or after Amelia Earhart? This was after. Okay. Yeah. So, Amelia... so women flying was already like an established thing. Yeah, it was already established that women were capable of flying planes. The difference was that okay. the planes that the military would use, particularly the bombers, were freaking huge. And a lot of the oh, okay. a lot of the like male commanders were like, I don't think a small bean like her could fly a big plane like that. But yeah, Amelia went missing in thirty seven, the war started in thirty nine. So yeah, it was already established that women can fly. Okay. Um, but the training involved towing moving targets for live ammunition aircraft and gun practice, which sounds terrifying. <laughs> um, 
and simulating strafing mis- missions, which was like shooting at the ground. Like I said, they flew every type of aircraft, including the big B-26 and B-29 bombers. And the main function of WASP was to fill the void that the male pilots needed to leave behind in order to join combat. Uh, and I'm only including this part because, as you know, I am five foot nothing. There was a height requirement for the women, which was 5'2", but many women stood on their tiptoes while being measured so they could be permitted to join anyway. That's some bullshit they that I would totally do. stood on their tiptoes? They just stood on their tiptoes. You I would, would totally do that. Do that. <laughs> I feel like I have done that. I probably did that as a kid. I'm like, maybe I'll grow to that height one day. That number will mean something one day. You're uh, the door frame of your of your kitchen. It was just <laughs> lies. It was all lies. <laughs> there were a little over 1,100 female members of WASP, and they ferried over 50% of the combat aircraft during the war. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yes. so really quick, the men that were pilots before were taken out of their planes and put on the ground. To be, Not, to be no. in the ground squad? No. So here's the thing. So the, the tasks that the women were performing did not involve combat, but it still needed to be done. So beforehand, okay, so, a lot of male so pilots the, were doing that. Gotcha. But because they didn't want women in combat, they filled those men's positions with women so those men could go into the combat positions that they needed to fill. Okay. Was this at the time of Rosie the Riveter? That whole That's time? a great question. Let me look it up real quick. Ask Matt, see if he just randomly knows. Hey, Matt, mm. what year was Rosie the Riveter uh, valid? Um, <laughs> Always is the I answer. I mean, it was, it was specifically when the Americans got involved. That makes so sense, because what I have here up. is 1942. Matt's a war buff, can you tell? Yeah, she was uh, relevant in 1942, and like I said, the Wasps were formed in 1943, so they've already had Rosie the Riveter whispering okay. in their ear. Lit. Lit? So where was I? Oh, 50, 50% I of the combat it. aircraft. What? I love that a lot of them were, like, small farm crop dusters. No. Oh. Oh, you know what? That makes sense. Like, the women were probably crop dusting farms, too, so it wasn't just rich, prevalent families. Give it up for the farm girls. <laughs> Give it up for the farm girls. You know what? That's I what... Come from a, I come from a long line of farm girls, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. A regular old crop duster you are. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you very much. I love you. <laughs> All right. What was I saying? Okay. So now, was there discrimination going on? Yes, obviously. Obviously. It's time. It's the 40s. So we can be forgiving of the times because that's just kind of how it was. But uh, am I going be to. Of the times, but okay. I mean, I'm going to forgive it for this particular moment. Except that I'm not because I'm going to talk about the discrimination anyway. Yeah. So there. <laughs> this is just some ridiculous shit that, like, we now are like, this is BS. But at the time, this was like. A genuine concern. So for the WASP, there was actually a cap on the age of the female recruits, 35. Why do you think that is? Um, Because they got to start having babies. No, actually. Oh, okay. There were no men to have babies with at this point. They were all There away. were no men. Absolutely. <laughs> Zero. Every Goodbye. Man, gone. <laughs> Matt's like, the fuck are you talking What's about? wrong with you? They're all overseas. <laughs> Every single man, every single American man is (laughs) out fighting. There's none left. What are you talking about? They all disappeared. (laughs) (laughs) Thanos snapped and the 50% that left was the men. (laughs) It's just the men. What was the actual reason? (laughs) It was believed at the time that women would experience menopause at age 40. So they capped the age early 
hoping that the war wouldn't last more than five years, because if it did, their older recruits would be entering into a time of, quote, debilitating irrationality. I thought it was your, like your 50s, 60s. We know that now. They didn't realize that then. Can I really quickly tell you about the stupidity of large corporations regarding their female employees? Please. NASA sent a woman to space for a week and they gave her a hundred tampons. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, better safe than sorry, I guess. <laughs> Okay, so, so, okay, so they didn't want women to experience the the feminine hysteria that is menopause <laughs> while hysteria. in a plane, and that was the reason for the age cap. Yeah, I mean, because if you're suddenly experiencing a mood swing, obviously you're just going to crash your plane into something, because that makes I sense. I don't like your sarcasm. <laughs> well, and also, at the start of the, uh, the WFTD and the WAFS, which if you remember were the two programs that were combined to make WASP, Mm-hmm. The women were also not allowed to fly during their menstrual cycles because men believed that it made women less efficient, quote unquote. But this was proven false by the time the wasps were formed. However, military doctors did recognize the menstrual cycle as a form of medical disability. So if any female pilots did have like terrible menstrual pains, they were allowed to choose not to fly, which I think is cool okay. because like birth control was not a thing back then. Like soothing your cramps was like hot water bottles and a nap. That was it. So that I think those two are kind of ridiculous, but like we know better now, obviously. But what's not ridiculous but terrible is that one training base in particular was extremely horrible to their female pilots. The space was Camp Davis in North Carolina. There was a lot of evidence that the women's planes were actually being sabotaged, and there were 14 accidents at Camp Davis, and two pilots died. There were traces what? of sugar found in some of the engines. And it was also discovered that they were using the wrong fuel on the women's planes. What? I know. What the hell? I'm thinking, like, please no one take this too personally, but, like, I'm thinking that the men may have sabotaged the women's planes to be like, they're doing too good. We have to prove that they're not capable. Matt's shaking his head at me. Shaking or nodding? Sorry, nodding, nodding. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, it's fucked up. Luckily, I think this was brought to justice later. And amazingly, these women continued to fly. Like, after knowing that their planes were being sabotaged, they kept flying anyway. Regardless of the discrimination, many of these female pilots were treated as celebrities when they would drop off supplies to the army bases. The men had never seen a woman flying an Air Force plane before, and let's be real, badass women are sexy. Unfortunately, the wasps were disbanded in December of 1944, which was only a little over a year after they were created. What? Why so soon? The end of the war was in sight, and the main reason that they had to cancel the program was because of cost. Like, war is expensive. Could they not afford to pay the women, or could they not afford to have that many employees total? It was a little bit of both. So because okay. the because the end was in sight, they were able to pull some of their male pilots back out of combat. But now these male pilots are coming home and being like, what the fuck? This, this chick stole my job. I want it back. So the more pilots were right. sent home, the more the women were kind of getting kicked out. So they just eventually had to disband the whole group. But luckily, they eventually were recognized. If you uh, remember in the beginning, I said that at the time they were given no military standing. They were also given no veteran status after being disbanded. Despite their efforts to pass bills on the matter... It wasn't until the 70s that they were granted military status at all, which was like 
some 20 years later, 20, 30 so years later. It, was it 20, 30 years later, the women that served back then got their status? Or was it just women that were like in there oh, at the time? That it, it was happened? the women back then were finally given military slash veteran status. Okay. And in 2010, Wasp received the highest civilian honor, oh which is- discount at Lowe's. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I've been waiting for this discount. Finally getting that discount at Lowe's. Always deserved. <laughs> What was I saying? Oh, so uh, in 2010, Wasp received the highest civilian honor, which is the Congressional Gold Medal by President Barack Obama. This was 2010, so this is significantly further out from the time that it was disbanded. So only 70 years. 70 years. Yeah. And some of these women were like in their 30s. So a lot of them passed on and less than 300 of the 1100 women were alive to actually receive this Congressional Gold Medal. Were others given like postmortem to the families? Yes, they were. Okay, good. It's just it's so much cooler to be like alive to see it, you know? So the woman who was most responsible for creating Wasp, Jackie Cochran, who was actually the first woman to break the sound barrier, fun fact. I know that name. Yeah? Yeah, probably for the sound barrier thing. Yeah, it was probably her sound barrier achievement. But yeah, she was also a key factor. Like I said, so she was like the main reason WASP was formed. She also played a key factor in the recruitment of female pilots for Great Britain. When she was trying to form WASP, she wrote to Eleanor Roosevelt with the idea of women serving as non-com- serving in non-combat positions. They liked the idea so much that eventually Roosevelt introduced her to General Henry Arnold, who asked her to fly a bomber to Great Britain in order to generate publicity for the idea of women flying military aircraft. Was there like a, like a planes at the beach thing where there was like a banner hanging off the end of it that says a woman is flying this plane? (laughs) You can't see me, but I'm here. (laughs) I don't know. I'm sure she landed and then was like, Hey, I'm a chick. And then like, hello. (laughs) And then she just took off. And then did some, like, flips in the air. I don't know. That's what I would do. <laughs> that classic, like, cheesy movie thing where, like, she takes off her pli- pilot's cap and her hair comes tumbling down. And everyone goes, <gasps> in slow motion. <laughs> oh, she's a woman. And she's beautiful. <laughs> and there she goes. Flying the airplane that just landed. And then she breaks the sound barrier and everyone loses their fucking mind. <laughs> Is her plane crashing? Oh, God. Anyway, once Jackie was in England... She, along with 25 other women, joined the ATA, where she continued to recruit more women for Great Britain. Great Britain. So Great now, Britain. Great Britain. So now let's talk about the ATA. So the ATA, or Air Transport Auxiliary, had a slogan, eager for the air. But similarly to the US, the RAF, or Royal Air Force, was not so eager to promote the idea of female pilots. But if there's one good thing about hard times, it's that it helps people see past social divides. Am I right? The ATA was a civilian organization whose primary task was to transport supplies and ferry aircraft to the RAF, very similarly to WASP. By 1940, there were only about 168 female pilots in the ATA, but by the end of the war, their numbers soared to 1,245. Holy crap! ATA would eventually earn the nickname Foreign Legion of the Air because its members included people from 28 different countries. Whoa. So we already mentioned the 25 from the U.S. that Jackie recruited. There were also four women who paid their way from New Zealand to join the ATA. And there was also a 19-year-old 
Chilean woman who spoke no English at all that even made her way into England to fly. That's awesome. Right? Like WASP, the members of the ATA would fly multiple different kinds of planes without the help of radios or navigation equipment. Which, again, is crazy to me. They had to fly blind using only maps and compasses. They just weren't taught how to use the equipment for some reason. I don't know if it was just, like, gonna take too much time and they, like, needed the supplies now and they said... When you see the Eiffel Tower, dive left. And when you see Big Ben pull up, I don't really know how they fly blind, but that's what they did. <laughs> I would hope it wasn't landmarks. It was probably <laughs> like, go this many, go go 20 clicks due north and then turn west for another however many numerals sometimes these pilots would have to fly six different planes in one day they would land one plane at a military base hop on a different like totally different kind of plane with totally different controls and then have to fly that one. Oh wow and one of these planes was called a spitfire and the spitfires weren't being manufactured right away like at the start of the war they were kind of starting to be manufactured around the same time that the ata was allowing women into their ranks so most of the ata female pilots just kind of happened to be stationed near the spitfire production sites in southampton and castle bromwick and because of this they were the main farriers for these planes and they would eventually be known as the Spitfire Girls. I love that. It's kind of Wait, a dope so name, where, right? Is that where like the like term like being a Spitfire came from? I would think so. Like and these like these Spitfires, once they were in the air, they were super zippy and super fast. So yeah, I can see how that correlation would happen. So that's the ATA. That's Great Britain. Now we're gonna talk about the German female pilots. Turns okay. out the Allies were not the only ones to recruit women into the air. The Axis powers also saw the benefits of female pilots. Before the war even started, female pilots were used as traveling ambassadors to spread political propaganda for the Nazi party. The simple sight of a plane in the sky would kind of like strike fear into people's hearts. It was a, it was a new and unknown thing at the time. Like planes were like kind of like what Matt was saying a minute ago, like they were just kind of like crop dusters. So Germany would basically parade their planes around Europe to show off their technological prowess. But here's the thing, the females were actually being used more of a distraction because much of Europe was focusing on planes for commercial use, but Germany, as we know, had other plans for their planes. So once the German Air Force, or Luftwaffe, Luftwaffe, I always want to say Lofty Waffle, but it's Luftwaffe, I think. Uh, Once they were being more formally, you know what the Luftwaffe is, right? Did you just say Lofty Waffle? I did. That was kind of a a monologue to myself. I actually can't believe that just came out of my mouth. Uh, Such an idiot. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'll just start over. No, don't. Keep going. Oh, I don't remember where I was. Okay, the Luftwaffe. (laughs) Once they were being more formally used for the war effort, women were actually not permitted to join right away. Even though they were already flying, they weren't permitted to join the Luftwaffe. Okay, what is the Luftwaffe? The Luftwaffe is the German Air Force. Okay. It actually directly (laughs) translates to um, air weapon. Nice. Which is literally what the planes were used for. They were air weapons. Yeah. It makes sense. A wow. A, a land weapon. I might argue and say a tank is a land weapon. I stand by my statement. But anyway. <laughs> okay. Fam. Any vehicle is a weapon. If you use it right or wrong. If you use it in a very, very immoral way. Yes. Very immoral way. 
Just as the Allies did, the Luftwaffe used female pilots as gliding instructors, flight testers, and plane farriers. We're seeing a theme here. Women aren't really allowed in combat. How exactly were they used as distraction? Okay, so before the war started, the Nazi party was already kind of taking over Germany, right? Other countries in Europe were, like, kind of starting to see where we were, like, where they were headed in this whole thing. Like, they really were starting to see that Germany was going to try and take over. But Germany, knowing that other countries were starting to catch on, used female pilots as, like, we're using planes for more commercial use. Like, eventually we'll start getting people on here. We're going to fly across the ocean. We're going to fly across the continent. It's going to be great. Like, look at all the things that Germany is going to contribute to the world, right? But meanwhile, they're also building planes meant for destruction. The female pilots were seen as Germany's forces. They were secretly Nazi forces. So in the other two countries I mentioned, America and Great Britain. I, I don't, you probably don't know the answer to this. Was that, like, sorry, sorry, you picked something that I'm, that I have questions about. <laughs> So, so do we know if the answer is probably a combination of the two, but was it more likely women were not allowed in combat because they thought that they wouldn't be able to like kill people because they're women or would it, was it like they don't want the women to be endangered because women are quote unquote fragile? It's, it's all of the above for sure. Okay. Yeah. So it was just in general, don't put them in the fight. Either they'll suck at it or they'll get killed. (laughs) Isn't it suck at it and get killed? (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, Honestly, I think more than anything, it was that it was something new that they've never seen before and they didn't trust it. So it it was already a big step letting them help, but to to go whole hog with it would have been too much at the time. Exactly. Yeah. And like, and of course there was like, there were tons of, tons of men who knew that women were capable, but like that was not the general thought. At the time of the world. But we're past that, right? They know. They know now that we can shoot planes and win and not die. Hashtag shoot planes and win. Am I right, kids? (laughs) That's what we're here for. Do not shoot planes. But do win. But always win. So the other two countries I mentioned, the US, Great Britain, they had names for their female pilots. We got the Wasps. We've got Original Fly Girls. We've got Spitfire Girls. We've got the ATA, which was not strictly female, but like a lot of female pilots were there. But... The Germans didn't have an official name for their female pilots. So I am going to respectfully refer to them as the Nalhart Pilotinen, which is German for badass female pilot. You're going to you're going to you're going to stick to that? You're going to call them that? I'm just telling you now that's what I'm calling them. They are to me okay. in my heart, in my eyes, the Nalhart Pilotinen. But his- historically they were just the female pilots of, of Germany. Historically, yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm excited to hear you say that word more. I don't think I say it again, actually. Oh, that's a lie. I Are do say it again. Me? No, I do say you it again. You better later. say it. You better say it every time you refer to them. Nalhart, Nalhart Pelotinen. And, okay, so this is just a fun language thing that I enjoy. Nalhart is actually the combination of two different German words, which are bang and hard. But together, they mean tough. I don't know how that makes sense exactly, but like, bang hard equals tough in German. Everybody loves a bang hard, am I right? Y'all love me a good bang hard. Hard bang. What? Anyway. anyway. Stop. There were two famous female pilots in Germany. <laughs> These two women were two of three women to actually be permitted to join the Luftwaffe. And these two women were... What? 
I know. What? Only only three. Only three joined. Th- okay, hang on, hang on. Three joined and only two of them got famous? What happened to the other one? She wasn't in the article I was reading. <laughs> I want an entire episode just about the woman, the woman that you are leaving out right now. Hang <laughs> on. I want an entire episode just about her life. The audacity that there were only three, and you're going to talk about two of them. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm only seeing the other two women. I'm only seeing the other two women. Okay, I expect a deep dive in future episode about the missing woman. Who is she? Where did she go? We'll find out. I think it was Ellie Bainhorn. Bainhorn. Okay, save, save, save it for her episode, because I expect <laughs> an episode all about Ellie Bainhorn. Okay, you got it, girl. Could I t- I'm going to talk about the two that I uh Yeah, tell me saw. about these other chicks that get recognition. I'm sorry, okay? They were the most famous because they were practically, they were secretly enemies. Let's put it that way. These two female pilots were secretly enemies. I'm not even sure that one knew, but actually, no, she totally knew. I'll get into it. So the two women. Of, of the three that I'm talking about are Melita von Stauffenberg and Hannah Reich. 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 Okay, so Melita and Hannah. Melita and Hannah. I'm going to refer to them as Stauffenberg and Reich, which I should not okay. have done since you're, I can't say the one the name. harder names. I am. Okay. <laughs> anyway, both women received the Iron Cross, which was an award for bravery in battle as well as other military contributions. While the two women served in the Luftwaffe, they each had very different views. Like I said, they were kind of secretly enemies. So Stauffenberg, Melita, was secretly part Jewish. And she had a clandestine assassination plan with her brother-in-law that almost worked. It turned out that her brother-in-law didn't need her. But this story in general actually inspired the movie Valkyrie. Was her brother-in-law Matt's great uncle? No, no, he wasn't. Oh, I was really hoping that it was somehow related. No, oh no God, way. I wish. No, Matt. <laughs> stop interrupting his spelunking game. I will never stop interrupting his spelunking. Elsner, the guy that almost blew up Hitler. Elser? Els- I said Elsner. Elser. Who are you? <laughs> Georg. What are you going to Ge- ask him? Georg El- Elser. Didn't he have a movie? Uh, I think there was an adaptation of his story made. Yes. Do you remember the... Remember it's not this so guy. So is there a possibility? Oh, okay. No, it's not this guy. Because this guy's name was uh, Claus. And okay, gotcha. Matt's great-great-grandfather was Elser. Uncle. Uncle. Great-uncle? I knew it was uncle. I knew it. Tell him I knew it. Tell him I was right. Maria knew. <laughs> She's very proud that she knew and that I didn't. Anyway, so Stauffenberg's story, uh, someone inspired the movie Valkyrie. Really, it was her brother-in-law because it ended up that she couldn't help him. But that was her plan. She was eventually shot out of the sky by U.S. forces while she was flying over a concentration camp looking for her husband, which breaks my heart. Her Um, husband was in the concentration camp? Yeah. He was not secretly Jewish, unfortunately. Reich, on the other hand, was a devout supporter of the Reich. It was the right thing to do. Shut up. Shut up. Can we record with Matt present all the time? <laughs> this is the best. God he damn it. his own mic. Matt, stop being better than me. Stop being so charismatic. Sorry. I'm trying to talk about war here. Where the fuck was I? Okay, so clearly. You were talking about Reich being with the Reich. Yes, yes, we were. But yeah, so she was, yeah, you're right. She was in the, yep, yeah, she like. She liked Nazis. She was a Nazi. You're voguing. I'm voguing. 
Now, clearly, Maria and I do not support the Reich, so I'm going to ignore the fact that she was a Nazi so I can appreciate her accomplishments. First off, she was the first woman to fly a helicopter, first woman to pilot a rocket plane, first to fly a jet, and the number one member of the Whirly Girls, which was the Female Helicopter Pilot Association. The Whirly Girls? The Whirly Girls. (laughs) Have you ever heard of them? That sounds like a roller derby team. (laughs) (laughs) All the other associations get such better names. Yeah, Maria said that the Whirly Girls sound like a roller derby team. (laughs) Seriously, it does. (laughs) They're really fun on Wednesday nights, because that's that's this night. (laughs) I was gonna say, on, like, rave night. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really don't sound like, uh, badass helicopter pilots, but that's what they were. They were no heart, no heart pilots. Uh, helicopter pilots. <laughs> they were bang hard pilots, indeed. <laughs> they were bang hard whirly girls. Oh yeah, so, those were, those were, uh, her first accomplishments that I'm uh, acknowledging. The second one was that she yelled at Hitler for being stupid while receiving her Iron Cross and got away with it. What was the context of her calling him stupid? It was, okay, so she went to receive, she went to receive her Iron Cross, this award, right? And she starts talking with Hitler about creating a, like, a German kamikaze unit. But Hitler was saying, no, no, we don't need that. We've already got this other thing planned. But this thing planned was not actually being worked on. It had only kind of been like speculation for years that this other program was going to launch, but it essentially had nothing. And mid-sentence, Hannah cuts him off and she's like, Mein Führer, you're talking about the grandchild of an embryo. And that's essentially calling him stupid, saying like, you are talking about something that does not and probably will not exist in time. Oh, it's just basically saying like, that's going to take forever and you know it, you dumbass. Yep. Okay, cool that she called him an idiot, but she didn't call him an idiot for the correct reasons. I mean, she was a Nazi, so she did support him and they were actually friends after this. Yeah, she became valuable enough to Hitler that he gave her two cyanide pills, the same he used to take his own life just in case she was ever captured. Oh. Yeah. So he was like, so he trusted her enough to like bring her in on that game plan. (laughs) Yeah. So Hannah lived through the war. She died in 1967. The official cause of death was said to be a heart attack. But due to a letter that she wrote shortly before her death, there is speculation that she actually took one of the cyanide pills. Oh. She wrote in her letter, quote, it began in the bunker and there it shall end. Damn, okay. So those are the German pilots, the Nalhartpilotinens. Now, on to the only unit of deadly female pilots. Were they allowed in combat? They were. These are the Russian female pilots. Hey, you might remember this because you're smart. You totally remember this. Uh, the Russians were part of the Allies in World War II. Tell me about the Russian female pilots. That I will. Actually, were allowed in combat. They so the Russian female pilots actually had a name. Unlike the German female pilots, they were called the 588th Night Bomber Regiment, and later they were called the 46th Tamman Guards Night Bomber Aviation Regiment, which is a lot of words. I know. Wait, so was this like the first group of female pilots and yet they were still counted as within like, the ranks of the regiments? Unit? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, they weren't it wasn't like the first female night bomber regiment. It was the 588th night bomber regiment. They were they were just included. That's they were so just straight cool. up included. Yeah, you know, I didn't even notice that. I'm really glad that you pointed that out. 
Oh, also, I just realized, no wonder the, the, the German ones didn't get a name, because there was only three of them. And when you're, like, three people and you get your own name, like, it's a little bit like, oh, they're trying to, like, do a thing. They're trying, they're to, trying to be happen, a group. You know? <laughs> they're trying to make Nalhart happen. <laughs> I love it. It sounds like a foreign exchange student bullying me. I love <laughs> You are not bang hard, you are bang soft. <laughs> I've never been so offended by the truth. <laughs> oh, god damn it. Um, 588th Night Bomber Regiment. That was their official name in Russia. But these okay. Russian female pilots were best known by their nickname, Night Witches. What? They received this nickname from the Germans because these pilots would attack almost silently by cutting the engines of their planes and gliding over their targets. Only a soft whoosh could be heard as they flew by, and this quiet sound made Germans think of an evil witch flying by on her broomstick. Oh my goodness. Kinda dope, right? That's a- that's dope- that's dope! Even more dope- dope. Even more dope is the German word for night witch. Germans called them Nachtexen. Wait, oh wait, wait. Wow, I know some German. Kristallnacht? Critical Role. (laughs) Oh, it's from Critical Role? (laughs) Not the historical term, Kristallnacht. Caleb told a story about the Volpexer, which was a witch in the woods. I don't know if Volp means woods, but Hexer is like witch. Yes. Hex is witch. Knowledgeable. You know things. Okay, so Hex is witch, Hexen is which is plural. Oh, okay. And the word hex came from German. Crazy, I know. The Germans hated them. Clearly. They're bombing Germany. The Germans hated them. And any pilot who could take out even just one of these night witches would, like, automatically receive an Iron Cross. Oh, so they were, they were like, like... They were the, the feared. Awesome. Yeah, and the Russians, like, of course... not awesome that they had, like, prizes on their heads, but awesome that they were that much of a threat. Yeah, that and they wore that nickname pr- proudly for that reason. Do they have do they have bomber jackets? Can I buy their merch? <laughs> can, you probably can. What's the what what was the German or not German? What was the Russian word for them? Like what did they call themselves? The 588th Night Bomber Regiment. So they didn't they didn't like Tell you they what. didn't have like the nickname Night Witches in their own language. Let me look it up. You know, I could just ask uh Jackie. She loves Russian. Or did they refer to themselves as what the Germans were calling them? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I want to look up the Russian term. Nechni Vedma. That is what Google Translate is telling me. Okay. I cannot read Russian, and I did the little soundy guy, and it said it in my ear. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you'll be able to read it. <laughs> <laughs> my guess is that they probably referred to themselves as Noctexen, because that's what the Germans would be screaming at them, if you think about it. Gotcha. And once okay. and once someone, like, told the these female pilots, like, what they were being called, they probably just ran with it. Like, yeah, not Texan. Yeah, let's go with it. Yeah, I would. I, I would, would, too. That That's way you can awesome. scream your own feared name in their language. The Soviet Union was actually the first nation to allow women to fight on combat missions. I think I already said that, but it's worth repeating. Awesome. Yeah, so they didn't just play in supporting roles, and not only were they able to return fire if attacked, the night witch's primary role was to drop bombs and harass other countries in the middle of the night. Imagine just like just like rolling up to the strip. Is that what it's called? Like the the plane strip, the runway. Sure, the Showing runway. Up to the fucking runway. Just like who's ready to ruin some Nazis' nights, dude? <laughs> 
Oh, you know I am. Let's go, Katya. Let's go. <laughs> Katya would be a night witch. <laughs> oh my god, she totally would. <laughs> so like I said, they would fly in the middle of the night. And they had to make do with what they had. So most of the Russian planes were being used for the men. But the women, however, had to essentially fly flying tents. They were crop dusters. And these crop dusters were made what? of not much more than plywood and canvas. Okay, so I'm imagining the glider that the kid in the wheelchair had from Avatar when they when they go to the air temple and there's like regular people with no, it was a, vendors living there. It was big enough to fit uh two people. It, like it was okay. a plane, but it was not built for war. Wow. Okay. Matt's looking at me. He wants to say something. Go for it, dude. One Bring the, the microphone closer to him. Up cutting the engines and gliding basically is because the planes didn't have enough fuel in them so they would have to basically limp their way to their target hit their target and skirt out and limp their way home oh my god there was even a story of one time when they got attacked and one plane couldn't make it back and the girls actually like hijacked a truck and made it back to base Nuh-uh. and got ready for a second round of attacks oh my god that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I need, I don't need a film. I need a, like, three season show about these women. Right? And also, like I said, they were primarily bombers. And th- what Matt just said actually makes a lot of sense. So the weight of the bombs made it difficult for the planes to actually fly super high. And it's also probably so they wouldn't have to use as much gas so they could actually hit their target and fly home. But because they were not flying at high altitudes, the women were not even given parachutes. How how high would they get? Not high enough they to need a parachute. Enough to drop, they would have to be high enough to drop a bomb and not be within its blast radius by the time it hit the ground. I'm sure they knew what they were doing. Actually, if you think about it, like the bomb drops and they just keep flying. So the bomb would explode and they'd already be like hundreds of feet ahead. Okay. So it, it's it's not only a matter of how high up they were, but also how fast they were going once yeah. they dropped it. How fast they were going on an engine that was not on at that time <laughs> of them dropping it. And even more scary is when they would get confronted by enemies because they are in a flying tent being oh, shot God. at. What, and ju- by like bullets? But yeah, like so if any enemy planes saw them coming, they would get in their own planes and start shooting. And just just a few enemy bullets in basically a paper airplane could and did set the whole plane on fire. And the fire, though terrifying at the moment, may have actually been slightly welcomed because these midnight missions were freezing. (laughs) They were freezing. They had no insulation. There was a pilot named Nadia Popova who was quoted saying, In winter, when you look out to see your target better, you'd get frostbite. Our feet froze in our boots, but we carried on flying. Because these planes were so small, they could only carry two bombs at a time, and Popova herself once flew 18 missions in one night. Uh, after one mission, after receiving en- enemy fire, Popova inspected her plane and found 42 bullet holes in her plane. She found oh. holes in her map, and she even had holes in her helmet. I need to figure out where the hell she got that luck, because damn. Dude! What? Right? But even though... The Night Witches were fearsome. They, whoa, still received flack from their male counterparts. Who would have thunk it? There was a woman named Marina Raskova. She was the first woman in the USSR to receive the Diploma of Professional Air Navigation. 
And she was also the founder of three different Russian female air regiments. Oh, yeah. She would train a lot of these female pilots, and she taught her trainees to be prepared to be treated as, quote, bombshells rather than bombers. But this did not deter them. Over the course of the war, the Night Witches conducted over 30,000 missions and dropped over 23,000 tons of ammunition. The 588th Regiment was the most highly decorated female unit in the Soviet Air Force, and they were not only decorated with medals and awards, but the women would often decorate their planes with flowers and drawings. That's so cute. You could say that they was looking pretty fly. So wait, so first of all, ew. But <laughs> <laughs> was, um, was that regiment all female? The Night Witches were entirely female. Yeah, they, uh, they really, they broke some barriers. God, imagine being bombed by a floral kite. It looks pretty on the outside, but damn, <laughs> the damage it's gonna it's gonna cause on this poor little town. Hey, real quick, because I just finished uh, listening to the book thief. You were talking about it, oh, like okay. a month or so ago. I finished reading it. I, I've honestly, like, a couple times. Almost called someone a Zalmensch, because that's, like, the main insult <laughs> in a book. What does that mean? So, Zalmensch and Zaukel are German for, like, dirty pig, but they're gender. Oh, wow. So, Zalmensch is female and Zaukel is male. Cool. Anyway, to wrap up, all of these women, regardless of which side they were on in this war, they all paved the way to many more opportunities for female pilots in the following years. They fought for what they believed in, not just in regards to the war, but they fought to prove that women are tougher and braver than the people around them gave them credit for. And now we, in the future, can continue to fly and shoot and win. <laughs> that was awesome, Jen. Thank you. That was my history lesson for the day. Hell yeah, dude. This was honestly a lot of fun. I had to cut this down so much because there was really? so much cool stuff going on in all of these different countries and with all... with what the females, female pilots were doing. There was just like, I wanted to get into like specific people because they had cool eyes, but you know. I expect an episode about the, the third. <laughs> the third missing pilot. <laughs> even, even if it's just like at the beginning of a future episode, you just go, oh, by the way, this was her name. <laughs> that would be enough. I already told you her name. <laughs> what was it's her name? Ellie Beinhorn. Thank you for telling me about these awesome women. You're quite welcome. I, I enjoyed reminding, reading about them. And for giving me friendly reminders about World War II. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. At WonderBingePod. And you can email us with any topic requests at... WonderBingePod at gmail.com. We are still looking for topic requests. I'm getting a little, little stumped. I also really just want to talk about things that you guys want to hear about. Because right now I've only got... My list of things that I'm interested in, but that doesn't mean that you're all interested in it. So please, if you if you want to know something or like maybe you already are super into something and just want to hear more, please let us know. We would love to do an episode for you. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll fight Reach over out. your topic. Hit, hit, we'll, we'll, we'll get in fighter planes and we were <laughs> we'll fight each other in the air, midair. We'll film it. You can see it for your topic. Oh, God. <laughs> Dibs on Night Witch. <sighs> I'll, I'll take no heart. Thanks for Thanks listening, for guys. Maria. Yeah. You're the baddest no heart I know. You know how I've gotten so much Unisonis merch? Yep. I've also gotten just one piece of Crank Gameplays merch. And it's 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 like a really cute shirt, but it just says soft boy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so excited to get it. You are soft boy.
I did say you were bad at it. That's your official superhero name. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 